0: Hoop7 proudly brings to you basketball hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball, two on the shot, clock goes up a Yes! As he was falling to the ground, of three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens, four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. Missing out. Bang! From way right down under, Cody Ellis! Redick brings low out away from the best, total away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. he's fouled layout the best. Ellis for
1: the reverse, oh. and through fingertips, what a move. Ellis drops in a ball. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good.
0: Ellis, Cody Ellis, Ellis, pull up jumper, Cody Ellis, fine. Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle.
2: Hello and welcome to a special Christmas edition of Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle. And what a week we've got to talk about, Cody. So let's not waste any time because we've got quite the week. We've got that Christmas Day historic occasion to look forward to, but we've also got plenty to look back on. Quite the remarkable game. In Gippsland, of all places, between the, the, the Phoenix and the Kings. It was a game that had absolutely everything, including 91 points between Mitch Creek and Derek Walton. So we will get straight stuck into that. But we've also got the Adelaide 36ers getting their man and mm-hmm. probably a totally different type of player than we all thought. But Ian Clark is now joining the Adelaide 36ers. Things, I think, continue to unravel at the Brisbane Bullets. Before we saw what Derek Walton and Mitch Creek did, it was Keanu Pinder and John Tucker who had massive weekends as well. Like I said, we've got that Christmas Day game to look forward to. The Galen Award winner will be picked by Scotty Ninnison. I'm going to take a deep breath after all that, yeah, Cody. Geez. Thanks for joining me once again, <laughs> and what a
1: week! What a week it's been, and what a week we've got to, to look forward to. Oh, absolutely! It's been uh, it's been a really good week of basketball, and uh, lots more to come, including a, a special Christmas Day game. So uh, it's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to get your thoughts on playing on Christmas Day mm. as, as well. So Sydney Kings um, making history there on Christmas Day when they play Melbourne United, but um, Hoop Seven. We're here because of them. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of Hoop7, Cody. And thank you to Jason and his team. And pop in, if you're in Perth, to the Perth City on Murray Street there and get your last-minute Christmas gifts. They'll they'll take care of you. And have you managed to find anything for Chase for, for Christmas from there, Cody? Or or do you happen to be wearing anything from Ho- Hoop7 right now?
1: <laughs> oh, mate, I always find stuff for, for the little fella, for <laughs> myself, even for the missus there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's good, man. Um, yeah, I would highly suggest going in there. Um, mm-hmm. I end up sitting in there for an hour <laughs> and a half every time, just having a chat to the guys, which is which is great fun always. What does Lauren like to wear from there? Shoes. Yeah? yeah. Okay. She's a shoe junkie now that she's been with me long ah, enough. Excellent. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, before we get stuck into the basketball action, Cody... I believe you've got one day to go with your Mm mother-in-law. How's this last month been, even though COVID did its best to interrupt it?
1: Yeah, well, it slowed us down a bit to start Mm. uh, her trip here. Um, So the first week and a half was, uh, yeah, we're all crammed in the one house Mm. and uh, made it a bit difficult. But no, it's been really good. It's been really good to be able to uh, get out and do the things that... We wouldn't usually do, mm-hmm. you No, know, Um was able to get back over to Rotto, which was mm-hmm. great and uh, perfect weather for it and just all those touristy things that mm-hmm. you kind of forget about mm-hmm. and take for granted yeah. when, uh, when you're around it all the time.
2: No, you, you do. Um, all right, plenty of basketball to get stuck into, Cody, so let's get straight to it and we have to start with what happened in Gippsland on on Sunday, have you ever played in Gippsland? First of all, no, I haven't.
1: No, hmm. no, I've played in a lot of lot of places, but Gippsland is not <laughs> one of them.
2: Um, no, we used to have some family that lived out in that area, so we used to travel there for for the odd occasion. It's a it's a nice part of the world. Um, hmm. There's a loud crowd as well. Yeah. Three thousand people in that building created a great atmosphere for one of the most incredible NBL games. I think you'll. You'll ever see. I don't know if I've ever seen a game quite like it. So, by the end of, end of it, the Phoenix beat the Kings 113, 112 after the two overtimes. It was a game that had three injuries across the two teams, five players fouled out by the end of the, the 50 minutes. We had 65 fouls called through, throughout the yeah. game for 79 free throws. But, I mean, the most incredible thing Mitch Creek and Derek Walton Jr. combined for 91 points. They shot 29 of 54 from the field, 9 of 21 from three, 24 of 26
1: from the free throw line.
2: How do you summon someone love Cody? What did you oh. What did you make of it by the end?
1: Oh, it was unreal! It mm. was unreal. I uh, I watched it on delay, so I was lucky enough to be able to flick through all the fouls. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, it was just—I mean, game of the year by a long way. Mm. And we've had some amazing games this year, but that was far and away the best. Um, I mean, those two guys just put on an absolute show mm. and and showed us what they can do. Yeah. Um, I think Walton kind of tends to hang around a little bit, just. Mm. Laid back and doesn't really assert himself mm. as much as we thought he was going to yeah. after his first performance. But he was uber aggressive from the start in this game mm. and just looked like he wanted to take it over. And he certainly did that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until Young Foxwell mm. came in and did a really good job <laughs> on him late in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all know what Creaky can do. He's mm. just an absolute bull. He there's there's no answer for him. You put a smaller guy on him, he'll get you down in the post. You mm. put a bigger guy on him, he's too quick. He's too smart. He's mm-hmm. too agile. Um it was unbelievable. It was just a crazy game. And the fact that there were sixty five fouls, seventy nine free throws, mm. it was still kind of pushed to the background because of how good these two were. I don't guys think it played. ruined the no, spectacle. Yeah. I, I don't think it did, and any other game it would have. Yeah because you didn't have two guys coming <laughs> off like this. So yeah. it, was, it was crazy. But, uh, I mean, the three injuries were, were no good. Guys like Zave going down his yeah, not good. It, yeah,
2: his ankle looks like an ongoing problem. Yeah. And then Gary Brown's calf looks like it's going to keep him out for several weeks for yep. the Phoenix. And unfortunately for Ryan broke off just another, another injury for him too.
1: Well, and if, if that's a, a proper groin done, then that's, that's going to be him out for a while too. Yeah. Groins yeah. are tough to come back from. Mm. They're, they're a crappy injury. Yeah, look, it, you never want to see players go down, but for three guys of that calibre, mm. go down. It, uh, it Again, it didn't take away from how good the game was, no. um, but you, you never want to see that. So look, hopefully those three guys can get healthy quick mm. and, and get back and help their teams.
2: If Cooks was out there, um, I mean, it's, it's impossible to play the hypothetical, yeah. but what sort of an impact could have he had defending Mitch Creek? Then Could have he stopped him getting to 46 points, I guess, first of all?
1: Oh, I think he certainly would have. Uh, done a bit of a better job than mm. Gatorna and Quanoy did. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely no disrespect to those not two sure. guys, but they are just not at that level yet. Yeah. You know, Zach has was out there and, and did the best he could, yeah. but Creaky is just—he's. You know that that level above and just smarter mm. right now. Yeah. You know he's he's been there, he's done that. Whereas Zach is coming up through the ranks now, mm. quite annoyed. Not exactly known for his defense, no, no. but I mean, look, those two those two guys did the best they could, mm. and it was just against Creek, who was just on a mission, an absolute mission.
2: <laughs> if you were still in a Kings uniform, you would have had to guard him too. Oh, would have, yeah.
1: How have you gone? Oh, I've had to uh, guard Creek a <laughs> few times <laughs> yeah. in, in my career, and uh, yeah, he's always tough. I was lucky enough to get him when he wasn't as as good a shooter. As an yeah. as much of an offensive weapon as yeah. he is now, um, you know, back when when I was in the league, he was more of that energy guy mm. and that um, just yeah, just that absolute bull. But he mm. wasn't this didn't have this scoring prowess he does now, mm. um, which is just proof of how far he's come. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Interesting question to ask. So, Mitch Creek finished the game with the the forty six points. Mm-hmm. Um, he went fifteen to twenty seven, hit four threes, twelve or thirteen, ten rebounds. He played almost the whole game. He only he was only not, not on the court for two and a half minutes. <laughs> and then Derek Walton, forty five points. He shot fourteen and twenty-seven, hit five threes. He went also twelve or thirteen. Ten assists. That's, 10 that's yeah. what I really was impressed about. Not only was he scoring, but ten assists as well.
1: Put this put the result aside, which performance was more impressive for you? <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um look to to have forty-five points as well as ten assists mm. is ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, you you've got your hand in at minimum sixty-five points. Mm. You know, yeah. the very minimum, <laughs> yeah. and that's ridiculous. Especially the way the NBL is mm. and the way it's played. And I I think that was just an unbelievable performance from mm. Walton. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's it's hard to take away from from Creaky's performance yeah. as well. Uh, it's for me, it's really a toss <laughs> of the coin. Cause I, I can't pick one that was better than the other because they were both really just a masterclass.
2: If you're Matty Knight giving your votes this week, does oh. Creek get the five just because
1: they won? Does that what is that what gets him over the line? Realistically, that's how it goes, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, Footlocker Player of the Game went to him mm-hmm. because they won. Yep. You know, had the Kings able to make another buzzer beater or mm. anything like that, Walton would have got it. Yep. So it's it's just one of those things that these performances do end up coming down to which team wins. Mm.
2: The side effect of that game going so long, and it went for more than half an hour yeah, longer, fine. was that unfortunately for, for the Elora Hawks and Melbourne United, <laughs> they were waiting at John Kane Arena for their game and they were delayed on several occasions. They had to have two separate 15-minute delays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Melbourne United, they had before the game, obviously, with Brad Newley and Chris Goldings. Celebrations and their milestones. Shay gave them a hucker before the game yeah. in the change rooms, got them all fired up, and it turned out that it was almost an hour before they actually played yeah. the game, so yeah. it didn't quite have the effect. Um, there's nothing we can do about it because you can't start a game that's not going to be televised because mm-hmm. we're a TV product, so these delays just have to happen. I mean, I've been there at ROC Arena when the games just kept getting pushed back and pushed back, and yeah. you see the frustration on the players who have gone through their, their full warm-up and got ready to play, and then they have to go back to the locker room for a little while and try to stay warm. It, I mean, it's frustrating, but I also don't know if there's a solution. I mean, no. what do you make of the situation?
1: Oh, realistically, there isn't much of a solution. Mm. Um, the issue is, from a player standpoint, is professional athletes are creatures of habit, yes. right? So we've all got our own little bits and pieces that we have to do before a game. Mm. It has to be at a certain point, and you've got to get you know the same amount of shots up from mm. here and there. Yep. and. It's frustrating when you go through all that. Lots of guys get there, you know, two, two and a half mm. hours before games to, mm. to start these routines, yeah. right? You end up being there for four hours before a game mm. starts. So it's it's difficult from a player's standpoint. And realistically, at the end of the day, it's, it, it is about the players. Mm. But because it's entertainment, because it's a business, mm. because you've got the TV rights, which are why the league is, is has come as far as it has yeah. – there's really no option you know mm. you, you can't just start it and then come in halfway through the thir- uh, first mm. quarter yeah it's just it's no how it works. Mean, well, it would have been it would have yeah. probably been quarter time and, yeah. and well into the second mm. um but it's frustrating but i i really couldn't tell you what the solution would be mm.
2: has it happened to you where you yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's it sucks it mm. really does suck because you know you, you see the time running down and you're like all right cool and then especially if it's like a, a buzzer beater or something like mm. that that sends it to overtime because mm. you don't know until the last couple of minutes. Because, yeah. I mean, you see, the, you see the games now, they go into probably two or three minutes of, of pregame stuff before mm. the next game mm. and then it's straight into the action. Yeah. So you don't get a whole lot of time between. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very frustrating.
2: I don't know what they did at John Kane Arena on Sunday, but what used to frustrate me at RSA Arena was that when the g- first game was mm. going long, they wouldn't put it up on the big screen. Yeah. So no one knew what the delay was. Yeah. You had nothing to do. I hope at John Canerino, they at least put that
1: game on the big screen for them. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting one because I know myself personally, I like to go and watch games. Mm. and I, I don't like knowing the score, yep. right? I mentioned how I watched the, the Phoenix Kings game on delay. Mm. Unfortunately, I found out the score before mm. I actually watched it, which... Mm.
2: It does ruin it a little bit. It does. It?
1: It, it really does ruin a game, mm. you know. But yeah, I it's it'd be interesting to see how the general public do that if they actually want to go back and watch other games. And yeah, good point. They might might want to watch it when they get well, home. Well, that's yeah. it. And you know, you, you hear you hear scores of, you know, say when the footy's on, you mm. hear like footy scores. Mm. You know, you see people in the crowd get really <laughs> pissed off because yeah, like, "Oh, yeah. I was waiting to watch that." <laughs> yes. So it's it's a it's a tough one, but yeah. I I do understand like you you'd want to have some sort of entertainment while you are instead of mm. sitting there twiddling your thumbs. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Um Two more guys who, before what we saw on Sunday, had really good performances. Yeah. Keanu Pinder, thirty-four points in that performance for the for the for the Cairns Taipans. Kerry Best night for 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 him against Will Magna in the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just unstoppable. And Scott Roth afterwards talked about how you know how big of a bonus it is to have a guy playing at an MVP level yeah. who's a local on your on your on your team. And then before that, Rajon Tucker, thirty-three points in Melbourne's throwdown victory. Probably for the first time this season, Cody, I wasn't embarrassed about having him as my MVP pick pre- yeah. pre-season. Um, they were two really good performances from the,
1: from those those two guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tucker, first of all, he was unbelievable in that first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 25 points yeah. in that first half and knocking down transition triples mm-hmm. and just being aggressive. And mm-hmm. this is the Tucker that, he talked about (laughs) when he (laughs) he came in Um, and the tucker we all expected. Mm. And I think he makes them a different team Mm. if he can do that. I think he's been decent for them recently just with his energy. He hasn't been putting points on the board like he did in this game, Mm. but I think his energy has been a lot better than when he first came into the league. Um, You know, he was kind of took a while to find his feet and kind of find his role in that squad. Mm. But I think he's really starting to come into his own. Again, like we've mentioned before, if he didn't come in saying I'm the best in court in, in the <laughs> yeah. league, blah, 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 we'd probably be you know singing his praises. Yep. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think he's come a long way. And then to see Pinder keep growing mm. uh, as a player is has been so cool to watch. Mm. Um, and yeah, to go against... A guy like Magne and put up 34. Mm. I mean, he's just... He was too agile for him and, you know, Magne is that kind of big that has to time his jumps Mm. and all that. And Keanu's so sporadic and he's all over the place and I don't think he knows what he's going to (laughs) do half the time. (laughs) So how's the defender meant to know? He just put on an unbelievable performance and to have 34 and I I feel like it was a quiet 34 Mm. because... I remember him shooting free throws and free throws obviously become a big yeah, part of it. Yeah. He was shooting free throws and, you know, it came up on the, on the screen that, okay, he's got 27 now. 27. Mm. I, like, yeah. I Definitely didn't realize he had that. So he just goes about his business and he, he gets those little cheapy transition buckets because he runs the floor so well. Um, and then, yeah, he attacks the rim. So he gets the mm. foul on a yeah. heck of a lot. Yeah. And his foul shooting has been really good for him okay. this year. Hit a couple of threes too, which yeah. makes him an impossible three well, if he can suddenly hit the outside and shot. that's the thing, and that's bit, always been the thing with Zave as well yep. at Sydney, is if they can knock down a three, because that's how the game is now. Hmm. You've got to be able to knock that three down unless yeah. you're just an absolute bull inside. You've got to be able to knock that three down. So if Keanu can, and he's obviously been working on it, yep. if he can be respectable from the three hmm. where players have to actually come out and guard him, hmm. it's just going to open up the, the paint for him. Yeah.
2: Well, being able to hit that is what got Will Magney that NBA chance as well, being yeah, able, to, able to hit the three-point shot. Um, Adelaide 36ers, two good wins for them this mm-hmm. weekend, so they, they put themselves back in the mix. And we talked last week on the show, Cody, and you said how you felt like they needed a defensively minded <laughs> yeah. big man big for man. their new import. I asked Scott the same question. He talked about how he felt like they needed a point guard yep. to help with the ball handling. I think there's a there was a strong case to be made for, for both. Yeah. They went for a totally different option, (laughs) um, a totally different type of player, but I can understand why they've gone for Ian Clark Mm -hmm. because it's a team that could use some... His leadership, that championship calibre, who's an NBA and NBL championship Mm -hmm. winner, a cool head out there on a team that doesn't have a lot of cool heads necessarily. So I I understand why they've gone for him. It might not be the type of player that we thought they needed, but you can't say it's a bad signing either, I don't think.
1: Oh, absolutely not. I think it's it's probably a good signing for them. Um, Like you mentioned, the... Purely for the leadership. I think, you know, they've, this Adelaide squad has some good leaders on the team that aren't necessarily that vocal. Mm. Um, you got guys like Sunday and DJ yeah. who... uh like by example more than anything. They do, they do. But they, you know, wouldn't say a whole lot on the court, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, McCarran, I'm, I'm sure, is vocal. He's vocal, yeah. Um, and then... Guys like Cleveland, I'm sure, are, are fairly vocal. Mm. Being a defensive-minded player, mm. those guys are usually fairly vocal. Mm. Um, but I think Ian Clark comes in and, and just gives them that different bit of a look. Um, I think he also helps stretch the floor again. Yep. Um, he's kind of what they wanted Randall to be, mm. I think, um, whereas Randall wanted the ball more. Yep. Um, he's He's not going to want or need the ball a no. whole lot. He's also that guy that you can give the rock at the end of a... Shot clock yeah. if need be and say, can you go make something happen? Yep. Um, so, look, I, I do I do think it's a good signing for them. Um, they are starting to roll. They had mm. a couple of really good performances mm. this round and it would be interesting to see how he slots in, although I don't think it will take much as we saw last year. Yeah, he settles straight into Sydney. in seamlessly. So I think that'll happen again and, yeah, just that M- NBA and NBL championship-caliber player, mm. I think, is what they've needed. I think the easiest way to sum up why Adelaide is happy to get him is that I think it's fair to say Craig Randall was
2: probably the ultimate worst teammate mm. you, you could have. Yeah, And CJ Bruton said it after the game the other day that everyone he's ever asked says he's the best teammate yep. anyone's ever had. That, yeah. that, that's exactly why they've got him.
1: Oh, absolutely. You need guys like that, especially imports mm. that, that have come into the league. Locals, everyone knows everyone. Mm. You know, the basketball world is, is really small, so yeah. everyone knows everyone anyway. Yeah. Um, but for an import to come in and for him to have that, on his side, is, is touted as one of the best teammates that you could yeah. have around. is mm. is huge, mm. um, especially someone that's won NBA championships yes. and played along, you know, alongside guys like Steph and mm. Clay, which is probably where he learned that, yep. honestly, yeah. in in that kind of environment.
2: He's even talked about his relationship with Andrew Bogut, too, and how much you learned from him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, those those environments and those winning cultures don't really tend to leave you too often. Yeah. So I think it's it's great for them.
2: Um, What's not great is what's going on at the Brisbane Bullets. Mm. I I feel I feel for the players there because they, they're they still giving their all and they've been thrown in a, in a situation that isn't any of their making. I feel like, I feel for the now new interim head coach, Greg Vanderjad and, yeah. and even Peter Crawford, he, who's now his, his assistant. I feel for Sam McKinnon, who we talked about last week, how we thought there was no way in the world the Bullets could ignore that he wanted to be the head coach for the rest of the season and because of the way the team seemed to be embracing him and we just thought it was a it was a lock, but... It was only a couple of hours after we finished <laughs> recording Cody that we found out the news that McKinnon had been replaced by Vanderjet. Yeah. Um and ugh, I mean it's just remarkable to think that they were on they were on a plane up to Cairns at the time and and Vanderjet wasn't even asked or told or told or or anything before The announcement was made and he jumped off the plane and finds out he's now the head coach. They still can't confirm if he'll be the head coach or not for the rest of the season. They're they're apparently still looking to bring somebody else in, which to me just seems completely baffling that you would bring in an outsider to the NBL at this point of the season. I don't even know what to say. How how do you sum it up?
1: Oh, just, yeah. I can't say the words (laughs) on here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it is. It's just, it's shocking. It's it's. Really frustrating and look, I've, I've been part of situations where the front office is making all sorts of decisions yeah. and it really affects the team. Mm. It, it really does. It's it's something that all of a sudden there is that divide mm. between the office and mm-hmm. the squad and mm. then it's almost like an us versus them type thing, mm. which is not what you want. Mm. It's not what you need. It seems like that's been happening at Brisbane for a while now. Mm. We, we've seen the turnover of coaches in the past mm. few years and uh, it's, yeah, they're... Something needs to change, and it, it isn't necessarily the, mm. the head coach or the playing yeah. uh, well, well,
2: group. Nobody's left there with a good taste in their no. mouth. Andre Lamanas did a lot of great things for them, but he didn't leave I feeling didn't good about was, the no. club. CJ – I mean, uh, Andre had groomed CJ Bruden to replace him, and yeah. then they, they told CJ that he wasn't wanted. Then they still said, we're happy to have you as our assistant coach still, even though we don't want you as our, our head coach. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on, but they just – the way they're handling people right now just doesn't seem right.
1: No, it's it's not right, and they're just – being very willy-nilly with all their decisions. And I'm not sure if it's one person making a decision or if it's a, a cast of people, mm. but it's, yeah, it, there's lots going on and yeah. it's, it's uh, not for the better.
2: Yeah, it's hard to know if it's the owners making these decisions and then the CEO becomes the messenger mm. or if it's the CEO making these decisions yeah. and the owners are signing off on it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not no. sure, but, you, you, you know, I mean? I feel for Greg Vanderjatt. He Big time. He, everything you hear about him is that he's a, a great coaching mind and yeah. would make a really good head coach in the NBL one day. And I'm sure he, he will. Um, mm. But this isn't how he wanted to become a head coach. No,
1: not at all. Not at all. And I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong a couple of episodes ago when we said that it looks like they have no faith in, in mm. yeah. and and PC. Mm. It just looks like they didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know that's and that's, you can't blame them. Absolutely not. I w- wouldn't want to step into no. that role, especially the way you know head coaches have been treated the, the past couple head coaches. And realistically, you get one chance, yep. especially here. You, yep. you get one chance, and if you step in, you know with how you know disconjointed this team's been, it's not going to go well for you. It's mm. it's not going to end well, and you know you spend all this time as an assistant learning the ways, learning the ropes and for you to really get your chance just thrust upon you mm. without, you mm. know, you even knowing about it or wanting mm. to do it is, is not fair. It's yeah. not fair at all.
2: How do you feel for guys that have put their faith in the Bullets as well, yeah. with their careers on the line? Nathan Sobey had the choice of playing anywhere he wanted to in the NBL. Yeah. And this is his biggest contract he'll sign. This is the one that'll see him out the rest of his career. He committed to the to the Brisbane Bullets when he mm. could have gone gone elsewhere. Aaron Baines could have played anywhere in the world that he wanted to, to yep. make his comeback. And I'm sure he still hoped to get back to the NBA one day after what he had been through. He put his faith in the in the Brisbane boards. Jason Caddy has committed his future to to that club. I mean, if you're a player like that, how do you, how do you feel right now?
1: Oh, you've got to be extremely frustrated. Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with Bainesy, but he's not mm. playing a whole lot. I don't mm. know if that's... Mm. We, we've mentioned it on nearly every podcast mm. we've done in the past, probably month and a half now not sure if it's because he's not healthy mm. or, or what's going on yeah. um but yeah it's for a guy like that who's trying to get back to the nba mm. you know nba scouts will look look into this league and really probably not watching a whole lot of film because mm. of the nba is going on yep, but yep. they would just be like okay no he's he's not at that caliber mm. anymore yeah. without knowing all the circumstances yep. surrounding it Sobes, you know coming off obviously a fairly crappy injury for himself but before that was playing elite basketball yes. and he's top 3 MVP only oh, 2 absolutely. seasons ago yeah yeah and i i thought he'd be making a push for mvp um until he got hurt again yeah. unfortunately um guys like jace who have spent mm. <laughs> half their life in the league now yeah. it, it's just got to be f- super frustrating and there's not a whole lot they can do unfortunately mm. just go out and play
2: yeah just last one on Aaron Baines i mean we saw how happy he was to come back at the mm, start of the season. You, yeah. you couldn't wipe the smile off his face. We haven't seen that smile for a long time now.
1: No, not since that interview, I don't think. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's frustrating because the whole country was smiling to see yeah. a guy like Baines come back and, and play in the NBL. Yeah. You know, you had other spectators from other teams frustrated oh. because they're like, oh, <laughs> like, why didn't we try to get yep, him? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not been there. And he, he doesn't look like he's enjoying playing. He, he doesn't. And no one on that squad looks like they're enjoying playing. Yeah. And to not enjoy what you do it sucks. It's, yeah. it's awful. And to lose a love for basketball because of something that's really out of your control mm. is is really unfortunate. Yeah,
2: it is. I just hope they find a way over yeah. these last 13 games to pull together as a team and yeah. and forget the front office, and I hope they don't bring in another coach because there's, there's no. nothing a guy from the outside can do right now to, to change things. So I hope they find a way to in, at least enjoy these last last 13 games. Mm-hmm. Um, last one before we take a deep breath, Cody. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers. we've talked a lot on this show mm-hmm. about how they are the type of team that just make themselves really hard to beat. They put themselves in a position where they hang around in games and then they finish strongly. So we saw yeah. what they did against the Sydney Kings in that fourth quarter. Melbourne United, they overrun them as well to get a really, really big win, but... They had their tide the tide turned on them this, this past weekend. So I'll set the, the table. Against the Taipans, they were in control, leading 80 to seventy five in the fourth quarter. Then the Tipans dominated the rest of the way, sixteen to two to mm-hmm. overrun them and get that win. And then um on Monday night in Adelaide, they were in control again, seventy five to sixty nine on top in the fourth quarter. Antonius Cleveland, remarkable performance from him to turn the turn turn things around. But not only with those three threes that he hit and another dunk that he threw down, but he's defense on Milton Doyle as well. And the 36 is 24 to seven to close
1: that game to win. It was very un Jumpers two games. Yeah, it was. It was very much a, a Sydney Kings-esque mm. type mm. finish to those couple of games, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, of recent times. Yeah, you don't see that from the Jack Jumpers. You know, they're more like that uh, constrictor where, mm-hmm. you know, they just slowly squeeze, slowly mm. squeeze, and then, Late in the game, they just you know finish you. It's it's uh, it, it's really odd to see. Um, I guess it it's a bit of a show of their lack of scoring talent and mm-hmm. scoring punch. Sure. So you got a guy like Milton Doyle who is in the MVP conversations for sure mm. now. Um, you know, if you had other guys not having career mm. <laughs> years, mm. then he'd he'd probably be higher in those yeah. talks. But he is their go to guy late in the game. Mm you saw a guy like Cleveland just sit in his pocket, you know, yep. Jack jumpers were running him off screens and trying to get that switch. So, you know, he could get off him, but he was just stuck to him. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was unbelievable from Cleveland to be able to do that. Um, I mean, that's why he's in the league, Yeah, but they, they just needed one or two other guys that are, that are going to be willing to score. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got DPs sitting in the corner now mm-hmm. with, late in the game yeah. a, as a, as a threat. And, magne has been decent for them. Mm. I think he's slotted in. I mean, we've spoken about it. He's slotted in all right for them. Steindl hasn't found his groove yet, though, has he? he hasn't. uh, (laughs) I don't know what's going on with it, Mm. but I don't know if he's still not 100% healthy Mm. or if he just hasn't found his way into that rotation. Mm. Um, Because he came out and hit a couple triples Mm. and then... They didn't look for him again. Yep. You know, he's that guy that if if he it can hits, be that second scorer, but if he hits back to back threes, keep going. Why are you not mm. running plays for him, yeah. even yeah. as a decoy? You know, but for me, it's it's Majet. I think he needs to be more aggressive. Mm. He seems to be playing that too much of a point guard role, yes, um, and not being aggressive like he was last year. Yeah. Um, he's got the ability to have thirty on any night, mm. but he just doesn't look like. Doesn't look like he's comfortable in his own shot right mm. now. So it's it's really. It's odd funny, to see.
2: The only time he's done it this season was when he was under pressure, when he was yeah. coming off a poor performance. Then he goes,
1: I think he was goes into Adelaide and yeah, dominates, just dominates.
2: And then he went back to being passive again.
1: Yeah, it's 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 strange, but uh, yeah, he he takes some shots that are a little bit questionable. Mm. You know, usually his first shot of a game is four or five steps <laughs> outside the <Yeah>. three, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, no, I think he needs to be more aggressive. He yeah. needs to be more aggressive and and willing to to take those shots and just cuz that's going to free up Milton Doyle. Mm. You know, and that's going to free him up and yeah, uh, this it was just two very odd ways to finish a game mm. for for this Tassie team who really tightened the screws in the fourth. Yeah. Not not let them loose. Yeah. Um
2: all right, Cody, before we get to our awards this week, let me run through the results quickly and see if we might have missed anything from what we've seen over the last week. So Feels Like a lifetime ago, but last Wednesday night, the Cairns Taipans beat the Brisbane Bullets 85 to 76. And then the throwdown on Thursday night, Melbourne United kept their season alive, beating the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix 92 to 76. Friday night, Sydney Kings found a way to get it done against the Aurora Hawks 86 to 79. And then, like we just talked about on Saturday, the Cairns Taipans overrunning the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 91 to 82. And then the Adelaide 36 is too good for the Brisbane Bullets 108 to 77. Then that game on Sunday, the Phoenix beating the Kings one thirteen to one twelve, followed by Melbourne United beating the Elora Hawks eighty eight to seventy seven, and then Monday night we saw the LA 36ers beating the Tasmania Jack Jumpers ninety three to eighty two. I've got a game there that doesn't make sense, Cody. So ignore <laughs> ignore that. Um, as we're recording this, it is, it's before the Tuesday night game as well yep. between the Cairns Taipans and the Perth Wildcats. So we can't talk about that. But
1: yep. anything we might have missed? No, I don't think so. I think we've uh every talking point and uh, yeah, there's uh, lots going
0: on. <laughs> <What> the hell?
2: <laughs> okay, back on Hoop7's basketball hustle and I'm about to be joined by the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer. The only man involved with every Adelaide 36's championship in the NBL was Scott Ninnis to get his winner of the Galen Award for another week. So without any further ado, okay, I'm with Scott Ninnis now. Um, as we talked about last week, Scott, busy time of year for you with the wine tour business, the, the camps and the clinics and birthdays and Christmases. How are you holding up this week?
0: Mate, I'm holding up okay at the moment. I've just finished a tour in McLaren Vale, but I've got 132 screaming kids waiting for me the next two days at, uh, for the 36th Holiday Camp. So uh, you asked me the same question on about uh, about this time on Thursday night, it'll be a completely different answer, mate. So, uh, but uh, no, we're we're looking forward to it. It's uh, this is. Is actually the biggest one we've we've ever had. Okay. So uh, you know they, they've become increasingly popular. We've we've had to go to a bigger venue, and uh, that that's always exciting to you know when we get a lot of these young kids yeah uh, you know, up and about and um, yeah looking forward to it.
2: That must mean you and Brett are doing something right, are you?
0: Well, that's what we keep telling people. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know if anyone's listening, but that's okay. that's certainly what's uh, what, what we tell uh, tell anyone that'll listen. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's. Look, I think we we've got a you know, we've got a pretty good formula with it with it now and um, you know, obviously having availability, you know, the players come out in the afternoon session on, on both days is, is exciting for the kids and uh you know, especially on the back of a couple of couple of good wins it's um yeah, it's it's uh yeah, we look forward to it. We got another one in January as well and uh, Brett and myself are running one of our own up in the uh in the Barossa in uh, mm-hmm. mid January as well. So uh yeah, plenty to keep us busy over the next uh, next couple of months, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and a good week to talk about Adelaide thirty sixes business too. Two two good wins against Brisbane and Tasmania, and we finally got that th- third import. It might not have been the type of player that that we thought, Ian Clark, but gee, to bring in a winner and someone of his experience, I think it's a it's a, a big plus.
0: Yeah, it is. I think. Look, I, I, I think that one of the reasons it did take it. A- a fair bit of time was—they wanted to make sure they got someone who fit from a you know chemistry point of view and a character point of view, and uh, um, you know obviously he came in and really helped the Kings last year, and uh, I've, I've got no doubt you know the same will happen here. And uh, as you said, we, we've uh, it, you know it looks like we've turned the corner now. Um, you know we did what we what we need to do against Brisbane, and then to you know beat a class outfit like the Jack Jumpers who you know to outplay to them as well as we did in the last quarter was uh yeah was particularly pleasing and um yeah look let's hope that that's uh that's us turning the corner you had uh, Ian Clark to that and uh hopefully it's happy times ahead
2: yeah let's hope so um we talked last week about how you thought that they needed a a point guard sorry you, you felt they needed that extra playmaker and and earlier in the show Cody talked about how he felt like a, a defensively minded big might have been what they needed Ian Clark's neither of those but what he also is is the complete opposite of Craig Randall in terms of a teammate. I mean, the first thing CJ said about him was that everyone he's asked says that he's the best teammate that anyone's ever had. After what happened with Randall, that's that's almost enough to get him over the line on its own, isn't
0: it? Oh, absolutely, it is. It's hugely important, and that's why I think they just wanted to make sure that they got the right person from that point of view. And uh, you know, there's a lot of talent in this team that that, that mm. clicked, you know, clicked on the weekend. And uh, you know, the, the the last thing you want to do is add someone that's going to disrupt that just when just when things are starting to uh, turn in your favour. So, no, I'm excited. Uh, you know, hopefully everything gets gets sorted out, and he's uh, he's on the lineup on uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Saturday night here as well.
2: I'm going to talk to Cody about this shortly, but when the South East Melbourne Phoenix get there on Christmas Eve, they're going to be lucky to be able to field a team. They've had to, had this game thrown at them on Wednesday night. They've lost Joe Chi, who's gone back home. They're going to be without Gary Brown and Ryan Brokov. This is a hell of a good time to get them.
0: Yeah, it's very sad, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, won't be too many disappointed people here in South Australia. Look, it's it's yeah, uh, you know, but yeah, you, know, you look at the talent that they. You know that they're still going to be to trot out. Obviously, Mitch Creeks in, uh, you know, in rare form. And um, look, I, I, I think you know look, we were talking, uh, talking over the weekend. Yeah, you know, we expect, yeah, we expect them to beat uh, the Phoenix. I, I think once again, we just need to take care of home court, you know, and, and we've, we've had our struggles there during the start of this season and uh, I think now it's, it's, you know, they'll obviously go into the game full of confidence and, uh, yeah, yeah I, I certainly expect us to come out and uh, yeah, perform really well on uh, Christmas Eve.
2: Before all we get to the Galen Award for this week, have you ever seen a game like what we saw on Sunday between the Phoenix and the Kings? Not only did Mitch Creek and Derek Walden do what they did and combine for 91 points, but the two overtimes, both teams had injuries to deal with, Five players fouled out during the game. We had 65 fouls called during the game. Big shot after big shot. It was just a dramatic afternoon. Can you recall too many games? Anything like that? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no not, not at all it was, uh, just astonishing it' was just uh it, it, you know just just one of those games that you, you know you might never ever see anything like that ever again so uh, uh, no it was uh it was exciting obviously because it was uh you know because of the, the score line how close it was but um yeah it's, it's uh yeah you, they're the sort of games you don't want to come out on the wrong side of the uh the ledger there after going through a, you know two overtimes and uh having performances like that but um yeah uh, but, yeah, you look, it is what it is. And, uh, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, you know, you look at the ladder at the moment, it's really tightening up. And, uh, you know, the next few weeks are going to sort out a few teams. And, um, you yeah, know, we've got to make sure that uh, we just keep pushing and, uh, and, and performing like we did over the weekend.
2: Yep, absolutely. Okay, Scott, let's get to the Galen Award winner of the best team men in the NBL for this week. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to nominate two players this week and let our listeners d- decide. And one of them will get a special prize thanks to our friends at Sports Card World. So one winner, we'll put the vote out there, will win a 2021-22 Panini Chronicles Blaster Pack thanks to Sports Card World. Valued at $80, Scott. These guys don't mess around. If they're going to give a prize, they make sure it's a good one. So one of our lucky listeners will win one of those just before Christmas, so perfect timing. Um, I think Antonius Cleveland has to be one of the nominees. He was terrific in both games for the 36ers, set the tone defensively, set the tone with his energy, and then he offensively was terrific. Shot the ball really well late in that game against the Jack Jumpers. I reckon between the two games, he probably had eight dunks and cut his hand wide open doing it. I, I couldn't have been more impressed with what he did across both games. So he's one of them I'd like to nominate, Scott. Uh, Across the other teams, maybe maybe someone like a Mitch Craig, Keanu Pinder, Tadji T- T- McCall. I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure you'd be happy with, with Cleveland. Who else would you like to chuck in?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, firstly with Cleveland, uh, you know, he set the tone for that game against the Jack Jumpers in the first quarter and then uh, you know, put the game to bed. And, uh, you know, I've been saying for a few weeks now that uh, he's our most important player. I think probably, you know, you go back a few weeks, you, you could probably say that Franks was our best player, but Cleveland is our most important player. And, and, and I think what he did, uh, you know, he's really setting a tone. He's He's so long and so, you know, so quick with his hands and uh, just a really exciting player to watch at both ends of the court. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely have him up there. As far as the second player, I think it probably has to be Mitch Creek. I think when you start talking, you know, that, that amount of points, in a, in a, you know, in a dramatic game as we just spoke about in, in, in double overtime, uh, I think it's probably pretty hard to go past him, although, you know, Keanu Pinder just yep. continues to... To shine as well, um, but uh, I, I think we'd probably go with Creek, uh, just for that performance.
2: I think so too. I think whoever won that game between the Phoenix and Kings out of Creek and Walton, I think one of those whoever ended up winning that game deserved to be chucked in there. So, I mean, I mean, Mitch Creek, 46 points, 10 rebounds, played 47 and a half minutes, 15 of 27 shooting, 12 or 13 at the foul line. It's it's quite, I, di- I didn't think we would see an NBL player go for numbers like that anytime soon, just the way the game's played, but. We had two of them in the one game it was it was incredible <laughs>
0: yeah like you said two in the one game it's uh you know that's just astonishing so it's, it's exciting it's great mm-hmm. it's great to see those sort of individual performances um that, that like you said you, you just don't seem to see them much anymore so it's exciting when it happens and as as we've said to have two in the one game was uh well it was 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 fantastic
2: before we before we wrap it up scott and and get voting now as well if you get the chance between Mitch Creek and, and Antonius Cleveland and get that prize from Sports Card World you've got an interesting relationship with with Christmas Day as we as we've talked about with your with your birthday on this the same day as well what's your thoughts on the NBL playing on Christmas Day
0: Oh I love it mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you sort of watch from afar the the you know the NBA you know Christmas Day games that are huge it'll be really interesting to see you know, to see what sort of reaction it has. Mm. I, you know, I mean, we're a bit more traditional here with our Christmas days, I think, yeah. you know, spending time with the family and it's, you know, like, but, you know, I'll be watching the game. You know, by that late afternoon on Christmas Day when everyone's having a nap, it uh, might be nice to mm. just stick on the TV and watch a, watch an NBL game. So I, I like it. I like, try, you know, I like just trying new things. And, uh, you know, in our, in our NBL one here, we... Uh, yeah, you know, the draw just came out. We're playing a Good Friday game, um, and when we went to the one that was on last year, and it was, it was terrifically supported you know it was packed out at the 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 stadium we went to and uh um yeah i I like the idea of trying different things i I know there'd be people that you you know probably you know saying you shouldn't mess with you know these more you know sacred days or whatever you want to call them but uh i I like i like the idea of trying things you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't work it doesn't work you know we pioneered new year's eve games 20 odd years ago whatever it was and uh yeah, they they were, they were tremendous success, especially those first few years. So I, I like the idea of it, and um, it'd be interesting once again here on Christmas Eve to sort of see what mm-hmm. sort of you know turnout we get. Um, you know, we had seven thousand people at the game last night, mm-hmm. which I thought on you know, a Monday night leading up to Christmas was a was a terrific result and and testament to the, the work that the club's putting in. So it'd be really interesting to see, uh, you know, five PM on on Christmas Eve, what sort of uh, yeah, turnout we get as well.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, Scott, thanks for joining us once again. So, happy birthday for you, to you. Merry Christmas to everybody else, because I'm sure you <laughs> s- we've talked about it before how horrible it is having your birthday on Christmas. But enjoy the enjoy the week, Scott, and we'll catch up again next week.
0: We'll do, mate. Another year older. Which <laughs> I, I've stopped count, Stop counting them now. So, uh, no, very exciting, and um, yeah, we'll speak to you next week.
2: Okay, Cody, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, and let's preview Round 12 in the NBL. Day to come every day now over the Christmas period, and can't wait to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. But before we get to what's over Christmas, it starts on Wednesday night, and a rescheduled or a different opponent for the Brisbane Bullets, so they're still playing at home on Wednesday night, but it's now the South Melbourne Phoenix mm. and not the New Zealand Breakers. Um, we've talked a lot about the Brisbane Bullets earlier. Um, how did the Phoenix draw this short straw? Because yeah. they... By the time Sunday's game had finished and went to a double overtime in Gippsland, so it wasn't even a true home game, they mm-hmm. still had to travel to get to it. They had played four games in eleven days. Then during that game, like we've talked about, they lose they lose Gary Brown and Ryan broke off to injury. They've now lost Joe Chi, who's returned Darned home to home. China. So they yeah. three of their most important players, you would think, are no chance to be playing yeah. in this game on Wednesday night. Factor in that how exhausted they are and they've had no preparation for it as well, and they they've had it just thrown out them out of the blue. Gee, I mean, if you're the Phoenix, how are you feeling right now?
1: Oh, frustrated, absolutely frustrated. It's yeah, they certainly drew the short straw, Mm. like you said. So, look, I mean, obviously you want to be playing games, but that's a little ridiculous, I think. Um, Mm. So, is is it too short notice to throw a game a game at
2: another team like that? I mean, it is fairly
1: short notice. Yeah, Yeah, it is. is a very quick turnaround. Um, I think we
2: only was it was either Saturday or Sunday that we found out, and I assume that's when they found out too.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. They did, yeah, because there wasn't a whole lot of time between <laughs> for them to find out early. So, look, this is a free swing for Brisbane. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they've got a, just as good a chance at beating them right now because um, I feel like the Phoenix are a little vulnerable. Um, it's it's got to be frustrating for, for you know, Simon Mitchell and his squad for mm-hmm. sure and missing some key players. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I don't envy them having to play again.
2: Are you willing to tip the bullets to get a win
1: then? I don't know if I'd go that <laughs> far. Um, look, it's, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I don't think Joe Chi has been as effective as he was last year for, for the um, Phoenix. He um, hadn't been,
2: but he had the potential to still be a difference oh, sure, maker, didn't he?
1: For sure. So losing him is is big. Hmm. Um, you know, hopefully we see him back um, yeah. before the end of season. But for a guy like Brockhoff and Brown to go down and, I mean, unless something miraculous happens, I don't see either of those two playing. No, no. Um, so they're shorthanded. Mm. They're shorthanded after playing a lot of basketball <laughs> yes. in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think they still get it done. And they have to play Christmas Eve as well. Yep. So, so that's what makes it even more baffling. But
2: Thursday night, Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Now, Cody, they have. We talk about how great of an atmosphere they have at mm-hmm. my state bank arena. Hasn't been a happy hunting ground for them. So they haven't won a game in that building in Hobart since they, since they beat the Perth Wildcats on October 22. Yeah. So they've, they've only played there twice since, but one of them was a loss to Brisbane, believe it or not, and then their other home game was in, in Launceston mm-hmm. when they, they played against the Breakers. Um, and then they lost their, their last weekend. So, I mean, it's, it's remarkable that they haven't won in that
1: building for so long, but yeah. it's hard to imagine them not getting the job done against the Illawarra the Hawks. Well, it seems like they're not used to playing at home. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, tough one. Tough one because I think the Hawks are, are playing better basketball. Yep. You know, it's still not uh, up to par, but I think they're playing better basketball, and I think you're seeing Frazier come in and actually making a big impact mm. for them, yep. just purely because he's been aggressive. Mm. But no, Tassie need to right the ship after this couple of, mm. of uh, losses that shouldn't have been losses for them. Um, I think they come out and and really turn the clamps on and and mm. get this one done.
2: Well, they have to. I mean, they're eight and eight, and yep. you see Adelaide and Melbourne are putting the pressure on be yeah. behind them now. So, I mean, the funny part is both Perth and New Zealand went up on the mm. on the on the ladder this past week, even though they they, they didn't play. Yeah. So, so the Wildcats are now up into fifth. The Jack Jumpers back to sixth. So, yeah, the Jack Jumpers just have to get that game um, Friday night. I'm not sure Melbourne United can really afford to lose Mm-mm. many more games Mm-mm. at all, but they are playing some good basketball now. Um, we talked about how that Wildcats loss might still haunt them and still might, but they're playing playing really well. So a couple of good wins over the weekend as well against the Phoenix and and the Hawks, but this is a big test for them. They've struggled against the TIPans so far yeah. this season and they host
1: them on Friday night. Yeah, well, we've seen that their transition defense is a bit of a weakness for mm-hmm. them. Um, and that's what Cairns do, is they get out yes. and transition. So... Melbourne really have to control the tempo to be Mm. able to get this one done. Mm. But, you know, they're they're kind of sitting there, wins-wise, they're around the mark, but with those, they've played, I think, four more games than the few teams above them that they're kind of vying for that sixth spot.
2: They've they've played 19 games. Yeah. Most other teams have played 15 or 16. Yeah,
1: so that's tough. They can't afford to lose Mm. because I think they've got, I think it's eight and 11, I think their record is right now. And... They, you're right, they can't afford to lose. Mm. They, they've got to get this one. Um, but it, it, it's all going to come down to their defence on, mm. on this mm. and, and controlling the tempo because uh, Cairns are a, a very well-oiled machine in transition mm. and it, you know if, if you're not doing the right things offensively mm. uh, for Melbourne, then Cairns will just grab it and push it down your throat and it's yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be all over for them. So this is a huge game for them, um, but I'm I'm going to pick Cairns in this one. Mm. Yeah.
2: I'm really looking forward to seeing how Keanu Pinder goes against two guys bigger than him. So both Isaac Humphries and Marcus Lee are proving to be, you know, pretty good defensive Mm -hmm. presences, even though Isaac continues to get dunked on. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how Keanu goes against two guys that are a fair bit bigger than him.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things that I think against Lee is going to be the interesting Mm -hmm. one Um, just because he is that fair bit bigger and longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Keanu probably has the edge um, over Humphreys, mm-hmm. just purely because of his quickness. Yep. Um, he's shown that the first couple of times they've yeah. played this season. Yeah, he has. He has. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how they, they guard him because mm. um, he's just been a nightmare mm. for, for opposing teams.
2: Christmas Eve. Um, before
1: I ask you about the Christmas Day game, mm-hmm. how would you feel playing on Christmas Eve? It's a tough one. Mm. That is a tough one. You'd, you'd hope it's an earlier game so you'd be able I to fly home. I think it is home. a little bit earlier, yeah. Yeah. I I really hope that they're able to fly home mm. um, after the game. So, uh, look, Christmas Eve for me would be pushing it, but mm. you know you you'd certainly do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, this is this is a massive game. Yeah, and we got a, the thirty six is hosting the Phoenix the f- and Phoenix having to play again. So they wouldn't have even been able to go home in between. I don't think playing so. Playing in Brisbane. Yeah. So realistically, Adelaide should run all over them, mm. especially the way Adelaide's been playing recently. Um, you, would, you would expect that to happen. And
2: well, you would expect Ian Clark to play yep. and the Phoenix still without Brokov, Brown and Chee.
1: Yeah, yeah. after playing so many games. Yes. So, yeah, again, Phoenix have drawn the short straw uh, playing on, on Christmas Eve and then having to go and play in Adelaide mm. is, is, on top of that is, yeah. is tough. So I, I expect Adelaide to, to win that one fairly handily just because I, I think Phoenix is going to be exhausted. Oh.
2: They will be. I, I feel for them. This is a horrible situation. By that by that point, they would have played, I think, six games in about 16 or 17 days, and they're shorthanded. Yep. I mean, it's a horrible situation to, to mm-hmm. be in. Um, Christmas Day. So the Sydney Kings playing Melbourne United, kudos, Bank Arena. The NBL, the first professional sport in Australia to play on Christmas Day. Somebody had to be the first. And, yep. you know, I think good on the NBL for trying it. Um, for personal reasons, I'm not greatly happy, given yeah. my work situation means that I can't <laughs> avoid working on Christmas Day when that was the one day I, I would yeah. like to try to avoid working. But that's just being selfish. What are your, what are your thoughts on playing on Christmas Day?
1: Look, as, a, as a family man, I don't like it. But, you know, it's something that we've seen in the NBA a lot. Sure. Um And it's, it's been successful in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different entity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially for United that... Lots of those guys have families. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it makes it really hard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good on the NBL for trying it and being the, the first ones to, to do it. And obviously Sydney has, has been the ones that mm-hmm. have, have pushed that and mm-hmm. said, look, we want to do it. Yep. We want to host it and all that, including uh, recruiting Santa oh, for, hey, for the game.
2: And, Even hey, hey, and hey, <laughs> doing a press conference exactly, to announce it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so
1: look, they've done all the right things. Yeah. You know, They're, They've done all the right things around it, but I, I just think... It's it's just hard, right? It, it's tough because, especially especially for Melbourne, they'll probably have to fly Christmas Eve. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't suggest any medical staff would say it's okay to fly day mm. of the game. Even if you tried flying in the day of the game,
2: how much would you actually enjoy Christmas morning at home no, if you, you knew you had a
1: flight to look forward to well, a couple you, of hours later? You wouldn't be able to enjoy it for too long because no. your flight would have to be <laughs> fairly early. Yeah. So. It it is it is tough. It, mm. It's got to be tough for Melbourne and and look, it's it's not just the players. You know, you've got the oh, rest as well. Staff? You've oh, got I mean. all the support staff. You've got all the people working mm. at Kudos Bank Arena mm. and everyone on the bench and they all have to give up their Christmas Day as yeah. well. So it's not just the players that that I feel for. Mm. Um, it, it's it's everyone that is involved that that will have to go out and be away from their families for you know Mm. four or five hours Mm. um on a day that you know shouldn't shouldn't happen so Mm. look i do think it's it's a good idea to try it and it's going to have so many eyes on it from all the other leagues around australia Mm. um to see how successful it is yeah
2: yeah personally i like having christmas day is a day where you forget about the outside world and you become insular and just spend the time with with family and those close to you that's what i i like about it but um what do you think would make it a success in terms of the crowd that turns up mm-hmm. in the building and also watching on TV? What do you what do you think the measurements would be to define it as a success or not?
1: Well, oh, it's tough. I think it would have to be as big, if not bigger, crowd at mm-hmm. the stadium. Yeah. Um. I think you, they would have to be hoping for ten thousand, wouldn't they? Yeah, you'd have to. I think mm-hmm. that would be the absolute minimum for mm-hmm. them to say it was, uh, you know, worth doing. Mm-hmm. Really. TV's tough. I mean, I, I feel like there's going to be lots of, lots of eyes on TV because mm. even if people aren't watching it, they'll probably have it on in the background mm. at, at home at yep. their Christmas parties and sure. all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know what they are going to mark as a successful Christmas Day game. Mm. But look, it's happening. So <laughs> yes. uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, big, big game though, big game.
2: Who who wins? Because the Kings are trying to bounce back now from that loss. And Melbourne, just like we talked about, they can't afford to lose.
1: Well, I'd I'd expect Zave not to play. Yes. Um, I think Sydney need to be overly cautious with that ankle. Mm. I think this is the game that they need to rest him um, as much as I'm sure he wants to play. I think the fact that he didn't continue playing in that Phoenix game Means that he shouldn't play this one. Um, He probably shouldn't have tried playing that game in hindsight. No, no. Unless he, I was, because I knew that he didn't play um, after the first quarter. So I was watching him very closely in that Hmm. first quarter to see if he tweaked it or anything. Hmm. And it didn't look like there was any play where it really. Jarred or no, or I think he was carrying really it coming into wince, it and they decided yeah.
2: to risk it and it, well, and it didn't it.
1: didn't come off It didn't pay off and it, it sounds like it was just a lot of ankle pain so that's that's not a good thing um so it's going to be a tough one and you know Melbourne coming off a <laughs> a game 2 days before at home but against the fast paced Cairns team mm. so it's going to be interesting i think uh, i think Kings get it done in front of their home crowd and um yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I am looking forward to to seeing how it goes. Hmm. Then we've got Boxing Day, so this is a day that's made to
2: play sport on. So yes. no problem playing on Boxing Day. Tasmania Jack Jumpers hosting the New Zealand Breakers, we think.
1: Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yes, uh, it'd be good to see New Zealand play again. Hmm. Um, but you know they, by the time they play, it would have been week and a half or, hmm. or so between games. Possibly even a couple. Of weeks. Maybe two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So between games, I'm sure they haven't had really a whole lot of practice mm. even the guys that are healthy yeah. i'm sure they haven't had a whole lot of practice i mean they wouldn't have been out of scrimmage or anything yeah. like that not properly so you know if you think about it you'd be like okay they should be well rested mm. but after covid you know it's it's never fun it's not so it's not a rest is it, it is not a rest <laughs> it is not a rest so yeah i think uh, they've kind of had the wood over tassie purely because they can score that bit better mm. um but this is, this is going to hinder them for sure. So I think I think Tassie get it done. Mm-hmm. I think Tassie get it done because I, I reckon New Zealand just kind of fade away late in that game. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll need a game just to get their, their groove Yeah, but, for um,
2: sure. In the last game of this run of, I think it's 12 days of Christmas where we've had a game every single day, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. back in
1: Brisbane, the Brisbane Bullets and the Perth Wildcats. Yeah, and it'll be good to see the Cats again. Mm. Um, you know, obviously not seeing that. New Zealand game. Well, uh, I think you jinxed it by saying you were
2: going to make I your did. return to the building. I, did.
1: I I do apologize to everyone involved because <laughs> that was definitely me. I am clearly just not meant to go and, <laughs> and watch a game in RAC arena. So yeah, look, I, I think, uh, I think the cats are starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. They're, they're slowly starting to figure it out. Um, the resurgence of Corey Webster has been yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. And this is the Corey that we all expected to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can, probably, he can probably thank New Zealand for that, <laughs> yes. the, the uh, yep. social media staff for that, kicking him back into mm-hmm. gear because he's been unbelievable since yeah. then. Um, Bryce has been Bryce, obviously, yeah. and then Brady manick being able to mm-hmm. start knocking down shots yeah. like we
2: thought he would. And Tayshaun Thomas um, coming off a couple of good games too.
1: Just been gr- aggressive. Yep. And again, that's kind of the Thomas that we thought we'd get. Mm. So, look, they are figuring it out and against just uh, a Bullets team that is all over the place right now mm. and... Um, I think the Cats get that done um, and if they want to stay in touch with that sixth spot mm. then, um, I think they they have to get it done. Yep.
2: Alright, there we go there's a lot to look forward to and there's been a lot for us to look back on Cody, so that was a big show, I hope everybody enjoyed it Merry Christmas to everybody as well yeah. and I'll, I'll sign off for this week, thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible, thank you to our, our helpers, Maddie Knight and Scott Ninnis and Damian Martin for their help with the awards Merry Christmas to you Cody and Rather than a basketball question to finish off with, what are you looking forward to about Christmas?
1: Oh, sitting back and relaxing, (laughs) really. So, uh, no, look, Merry Christmas to you, mate, and uh, Merry Christmas to, to all the listeners, and hope it's a nice, relaxing day for everyone.